Hi everyone, welcome to One Question with Pastor Adam. And I am Adam, and I'm pastor to believers and doubters, to unfaithful Christians and faithful atheists. And Jesus was not afraid of questions, and neither are we. So this is One Question with Pastor Adam, and we're going to do this hopefully on a weekly basis on Thursdays. What time is it? It's two o'clock central, 12 o'clock Pacific. And uh, I'm flustered. Are you flustered these days? There's so much going on in our culture. It's just like, I, I can't, I feel like I can't keep up. Uh, it's just one thing after another. And then family life and dealing with COVID and our weird, messed up political situation. It just is this constant fire hose of information bombarding me. And maybe you feel the same way. <laughs> it's just overwhelming. Um, so uh, last week I had to take a week off because I just was feel like I was drowning in all the, all the things. Um, so thanks for coming back to this week. <laughs> Flustered. Yeah, Leo, that's it. That's it. So um, anyway, I was flustered uh, as to what to talk about today. And one of the things that has been really good for me is discovering this ancient teaching in the Christian tradition and the Jewish tradition of Sophia, this ancient wisdom, the divine feminine. And uh, it's been it's been good for me and good for my soul. And I just wanted to introduce you to the divine feminine Sophia today, uh, because uh, maybe it'll be good for your soul too. Um, obviously, you know, I'm going to, whenever I talk about Sophia and the divine feminine, there are some groups of folks who want to come on and say that I'm a heretic and hey, you know what? God bless you. I don't care anymore. <laughs> it's good. It's all good. So um, if you want, <coughs> sorry little cough. I'm good now. If you want more on this, I just read a really great article by Joyce Roop, who's a Catholic sister. Man, those Catholic sisters, they're, they are hardcore and subversive and fantastic stuff. So if you want an introduction to this, check out Joyce Roop, Desperately Seeking Sophia. It's an article online. You can get it. Uh, you also check out She Who Is by Elizabeth Johnson if you want something that's like a big book. But the Joyce Roop, uh, Desperately Seeking Sophia article will give you many more uh, research opportunities <laughs> for discovering this ancient teaching that has been lost to us about the divine feminine. And really throughout scripture, there's the divine feminine that is that is present. Uh, there's this ancient word for talking about God, a name who is El Shaddai. Uh, and it's generally translated as uh, God the most powerful. But El Shaddai comes from a Hebrew word that means breasts. El Shaddai is God who is the many-breasted one, who comes to us and nourishes us like a mother nourishes her child. So obviously, as we're talking about this, uh, God is beyond male and female. God is beyond our gender categories. God also includes all of our gender categories. 
including the ones that we may have yet to discover. God is all inclusive. But this has been a way, this Sophia has been a way for me to reclaim some of uh, the, the motherhood of God that the early Christian church uh, celebrated at first, the divine feminine, and then moved away from it. And I'm going to get to that in a little bit. But first, I just wanted to bring up some of the great things from, from Proverbs. Leo, God exists outside the binary. That is exactly what I'm, God, Leo, I love you. You're awesome. That's exactly what I'm trying to say. God exists outside the binary. Um, so Proverbs chapter eight is one of the places where we see this. And here, I just read a little bit to you. Does not wisdom call? Uh, wisdom is the word that gets translated from uh, the Hebrew word Sophia. Uh, so really, if, if you're reading this, and maybe a helpful way to do this is to say, does not Sophia call? Does not wisdom call? Does not Sophia call? And does not understanding raise her voice? On the heights beside the way, at the crossroads, she takes her stand. Beside the gate in front of the town, at the entrance of the portals, she cries out. <laughs> Isn't that great? Later on, it'll say that in Proverbs, it'll say that Sophia was the first part of God's creation and has been here ever since. Uh, God in Sophia, Sophia emanates from God's mouth, uh, the book of wisdom says. Here in Proverbs 8, Sophia is there, the wisdom of God is there in the middle of the city where all this hustle and bustle is happening about. And in the middle of our lives, where if you're like me and feeling overwhelmed by all the things that are happening, there she is, the divine feminine, right there with us. Uh, amidst the hustle and bustle, the chaos of life, she is there. Uh, the wisdom of God guiding us along the way. Now, you may have picked up on one of the things that whenever I talk like this, that um, heresy hunters uh, generally come after me for, and that is that uh, Proverbs says that God created Sophia at the beginning. Um, and so, so Sophia is not technically God, uh, but a creation of God. But Later Christian tradition says that uh, connects Sophia with the Christ figure. Uh, so Christ has this Sophia in him, and Sophia is connected to the Christ figure. And the early Christian church said that uh, that actually Proverbs was wrong, that that Sophia, the Christ figure, was not created, but with God for all eternity. So the early church sa actually said that a part in the Bible is heretical. <laughs> Try to keep up with the early church. There's just all kinds of things weird that are happening and all kinds of things within the Bible that you can say, oh, the Bible clearly says this, and the early church will say, well, we've called that a heresy. Like when, you know, the point where uh, Jesus is baptized and he gets adopted into um, the sonship of God being God's son. Now you are my son. Um, the early church said that baptism story, if you take it literally, is heresy because Jesus was always God's son. <laughs> so 
<laughs> there's heresy within the Bible. Stop hunting heresy. It's all good. Okay. Anyway, going to keep going. Um, so in, in uh, the wisdom of Solomon, there's this really great passage in uh, chapter 10, where it talks about wisdom, Sophia, being there as the Hebrews are leaving Egypt. This is, this is so cool. It says that she, wisdom, gave to the holy people the reward of their labor. She guided them along the marvelous way and became a shelter to them by day and a starry, starry flame through the night. She brought them over the Red Sea and led them through the deep waters. So you see over uh, Jewish tradition and the early Christians uh, took wisdom of Solomon very seriously. Over, over this tradition, wisdom is seen as the one who guided the Israelites out of Egypt. But in the story of Exodus, it's God who does that. So here, wisdom, Sophia, it's even uses the she pronoun here. She is the one who brings Israel out uh, in the pillar of fire by night and the cloud by day. So here the ancient Christian and Jewish tradition are bringing Sophia and God together as one, the divine feminine. Now, I mentioned that uh, this was embraced by the early Christian church, but it got forgotten about. Well, why did it get forgotten about? Again, check out Joyce Roop's article, Desperately Seeking Sophia, for the history of this. But basically, um, the Christian church embraced Sophia as the divine wisdom, but there were other uh, kind of Christian movements that um, took wisdom in a way that the majority of the Christian church was not comfortable with. Um, and, and one of those ways was uh, from the Gnostics, who, who generally thought of as uh, wanting to escape this world. They generally thought that the, that the world was created evil, uh, and it was something that Jesus came to help us escape from. Many of the Gnostics thought that Jesus was not a fully human being, but like an emanation of the divine. Um, and the early Christian church wanted to hold on to the goodness of creation. Uh, and so didn't, didn't like um, what, the, what the Gnostics were saying there. But the Gnostics also, along with the other Christians, uh, held Sophia up. In a, to a really high place, to a, to a divine place. Well, as the early Christian church tried to separate itself from the Gnostics, it also separated itself from something the Gnostics held so highly, which was Sophia. Um, so that's a shame um, because they didn't, they didn't uh, say that Sophia, the divine feminine, was uh, a heresy, but they did end up calling the Gnostic view that, um, that creation is inherently evil a heresy. Um, so, uh, that's part of the way that we lost um, the divine feminine. Uh, another way Leo has put it up here too uh, is patriarchy. The the move of, you know, um, the unfortunate move that uh, that the patriarchal culture tends to do is devalue the voice of women. Uh, Jesus wasn't about that. Uh, when Jesus was raised from the dead in the resurrection, the first person he appeared to was Mary. And he told Mary to go preach the good word of the resurrection to his 
disciples. Mary was the first preacher of the resurrection. Thank God for that. Even Paul, who's, um, who's, who's known for saying uh, that women should be silent in church. Uh, this is complicated. I will get to that in a little bit. Um, but that's questionable that Paul wrote that. Why is that questionable? Because when Paul sent his letter to the Romans, which is his most important letter, he sent it with Phoebe. And you may know that Phoebe is a is a woman's name <laughs> back back in Paul's day and in ours day, our day too. Uh, he sent he sent his most important letter with a with a woman. And when you would send a letter with the person you sent a letter with was crucial because that person would explain the letter to the church. So Phoebe was there teaching the people and answering questions, the men <laughs> and the women, answering their questions about this letter that Paul wrote to the Romans. But unfortunately, as Leo points out, the patriarchy um, tried to silence uh, Phoebe, tried to silence Mary, tried to silence the divine feminine. And um, it, we're just, I guess, we're not rediscovering it, but but we're re-embracing it or we're embracing it uh, anew, is, which has been so helpful for me. And uh, I just wanted to introduce you to this way of viewing God. And um, it, she, if, if praying to a more, feminine-like figure is is helpful to you. Uh, I just want you to know that there is space for that within the Christian tradition, going all the way back um, thousands of years. Uh, if praying to God the Father works for you, good. If praying to God the Mother works for you, if if they work for you, if that pronoun works for you, you can relate to God in all kinds of ways. Uh, as Leo says, you know, um, God, uh, God takes all of this, all of humanity, all of creation up into God's self. Um, God created us all in God's image. God made us all male and female, not male or female. There's a little bit of male and a little bit of female in all of us. It's beyond the binaries as as our friend Leo says. So um, uh, Heather says, was the Malleus Maleficar, I'd have to, I'm going to have to Google that, Heather. I don't use alongside one translation to discredit powerful and knowing women. I, Heather, I'm, I don't know the Mal Maleficarum, Malleus, Mal that sounds scary though. I don't know if I want to know the Malleus Maleficarum. <laughs> That's, I'll have to Google that. Uh, Cassie says it also shows that God's gender is not limited and validates that ours is not either being made in, in his way, in her way, in their way. Thank you, Cassie. Yes, that's it. That's it. Um, Holly says God is not limited by our finite minds. Oh, thank you. That is beautiful. Hammer of witches. I Heather, I'm going to have to look that up. I have no idea. One says uh, the two great events of Jesus's story, nativity and resurrection, were given for two kinds, for two kind of witness that couldn't testify in the Jewish law trial. Shepherds for his economical condition and women. Seem, seems the story of Jesus is about 
to that of the last will be first. Amen, one. Thank you for that. Uh, so friends, that's I'm overwhelmed by all the things and I know you are too. And um, thank you for being here. Thank you for... <laughs> Thank you for going through this with me. Check out Joyce Roop's article, Desperately Seeking Sophia. She's a Catholic sister doing awesome, awesome stuff. Um, and thank you all for your comments. And um, I'm just grateful for all of you. And um, we'll do it again next week. Next week, we're going to talk about uh, Christmas and maybe more about what Juan is, Juan is getting at um, in uh, The Shepherds and the economical the economical economic condition what am i saying i need to stop thank you all for being here <laughs> and peace be with you too heather peace be with you all take care see you next week